0: Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Mm, which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cat Disgusted, a podcast for veterinary technicians and the people and animals who love them. Each episode, we explore the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson. I'm an RVT working in emergency and critical care, PTSD. and this is What Happens. Well, hello. Everyone, welcome to the almost end of uh, 2019, which boggles my mind that we're already approaching uh, the end of the year, and I guess what I get to say now that we're in mid-November is happy holidays. Christmas music has begun. Um, you know what I didn't get to do this year was a Halloween episode. I don't have an excuse for that. I don't. I don't know. I ran out of time. I ran out of mind bandwidth. However, I did have this thought. That because we didn't do uh, a Halloween episode this year, which is usually where I'll try to think of something, you know, like super gross or super scary, um, we haven't yet missed a Thanksgiving holiday um, this year in podcast world. And so I had this thought of maybe we do a Halloween Thanksgiving combo episode for a theme, and that would combine, uh, you know, the the horror and the darkness and ghoulishness of Halloween with another holiday where we're going to eat ourselves into a coma. And uh, just kind of consume way more than we should. And perhaps things that we maybe should think more about and eating in excess and all that. And the combination of those two things, horror and overconsumption and, uh, and gluttony equals diarrhea, 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 diarrhea today. Yes, diarrhea. I work in veterinary emergency medicine. I see so much diarrhea, and so of course I have many, many stories on that subject. It's just that there is just a a a mountain of information of which to cover on diarrhea. Um, So I thought that that's where we could start today (laughs) for our holiday episode. Now I should mention. why we see so much diarrhea in veterinary emergency medicine, I think that it it's a combination of a couple of things. One is that many, many, many conditions can cause diarrhea, uh, including uh, dogs eating things that they shouldn't. I will often say that dogs keep, you know, veterinary emergency uh, technicians and doctors in business by eating things that they shouldn't. So that, of course, is one way to get to diarrhea, but there are, are other more complicated diseases that can cause diarrhea. I mean, obviously, you know, like the big, the big K, cancer can cause you know diarrhea for various reasons. But really, um, I think that besides like besides like the obvious stuff of, you know, diseases and disorders that can cause either chronic diarrhea or acute diarrhea, really what it is is that diarrhea is nasty. <laughs> It is nasty, diarrhea knows no time clock, diarrhea knows no planning, it can happen any time of any day or night. And because it smells horrific, is messy and terribly inconvenient, um, and oftentimes uncontrollable, uh, we end up seeing a lot of diarrhea in the 24-hour emergency medicine world. Now, because of the bounty of stories that are in my world regarding diarrhea, one of which I actually, it, it did just occur to me, this is a little bit of a repeat on a theme because I think the last episode I talked about the little dog in the purse that had diarrhea, <laughs> right? So um, I thought I would focus on um, two two recent bouts uh, of this phenomenon that I thought were worth um worth our time here on this podcast and worth a little holiday, little holiday cheer. So the first story that I'll tell, um, I used to work with this one technician who uh, I enjoyed very, very much, but he did have a little bit of, it's not really like a germaphobia; It's more like, cause so it wasn't really like a phobia. He just was hyper aware of, keeping things clean and transmissibility of disease between animals and people, uh, which is a perfectly safe place to be I mean, in a hospital. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna come down and know about that at all. I feel like wear your gloves, wear your gowns, totally fine. He did though, I think also have a little bit of a short fuse when it came to kind of nasty things that would come up. Now, I like to say that my tolerance is very high for such things. I think not just because I'm a veterinary technician, but I think I'm I'm also just kind of fascinated by weird things and so therefore gross things are kind of cool in addition to being unique and gross the The incident that that I remember in particular that made me smile about this this fellow is that we had a, a dog come into the hospital. I believe he was there for vomiting. I don't think he was actually, I I think the diarrhea was yet to come. Um, And so it was a big, nice, friendly, sweet, uh, older, yellow uh, Labrador retriever. Uh, Perfect candidate for any kind of GI thing that's coming in through emergency. And we had him in our nurses' area because we had taken his temperature and his heart rate, his respiratory rate. He's very stable, luckily this guy. Uh, but while he was waiting for the doctor, uh, you know, one of us was holding onto his leash, and he's just kind of enjoying the petting, and he's wagging his tail. Your know, Labradors are just—they're lovely, generally, and so you know, they—they they kind of enjoy the attention of the of the bustling emergency room. Um, the dog decided that. Uh, he didn't need to, he he didn't want to give us any kind of warning that he had to go uh, he just decided that that emergency treatment area was just as good a place as any to take a human sized homeless man quality dump like it it was impressive and although not straight diarrhea it was soft, shall we say. Now I, this is actually, you know what? This is a good time to mention that in uh, in veterinary medicine, and I would be so, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would be surprised if human medicine does not have the same thing. We have a stool chart uh, that is actually a printed document that you can either find online. Some hospitals have it posted in on the wall. The stool chart is for color, consistency, size, odor. So you can tell what types of disorders you may or may not be dealing with based on the type of stool an animal is generating. A um, couple things to mention about that. So like, you know, smell, for instance, very foul smelling feces. I know that sounds weird to differentiate it from, say, rose scented feces, but, um, it can, it can smell particularly bad, particularly bad. And one instance of it smelling particularly bad is if you have a lot of fat in your feces, which means that you're not digesting fats properly. Your pancreas is in charge of making an enzyme called lipase, and that enzyme is in charge of digesting fats. If you're not making lipase very well, um, then you're not digesting your fats very well, and you're going to get a lot of them in your stool. Uh, and that smells rancid and terrible. So uh, a lot of times, you can, um, if, you, if you have a very rancid, foul-smelling stool, more than usual, um, that can be a helpful diagnostic in determining what's going on. There's also another uh, phenomenon called melena, which is uh, a digested blood in your stool. Now, what that that differs from when you see what we call frank blood in your stool. So, bright bright red blood in your stool versus dark black in your stool is a significant difference. Uh, the melena, which is the dark black stool, what that means is that there's bleeding that's happening. Uh, in your digestive system before your lower intestine because if you've digested your blood it looks different than if you're just bleeding in your lower intestine a lot of times we'll see dogs that have bleeding ulcers in their stomach will have melanin. Now that would mean that there's something wrong with their stomach lining, but the acid in their stomach is still digesting that blood. So it comes out this really dark, tarry color. Uh, and that's a, that is a helpful diagnostic to see that type of stool versus if you have a colitis, like inflammation in your in your uh, lower intestine in your colon, you're not digesting your blood down there, but it may be that your tissue's really inflamed and a little friable. And so... All those blood vessels, you have a ton of blood vessels down there. They're going to start to ooze a little bit. And so that's when you get the bright red blood in your stool, which we call frank blood in your stool. So these are all very helpful things. And the stool chart is a document which you can quickly, quick reference the little tiny piles and puddles of stool on all the little lines and photographs and things to quickly help you um, with your diagnosis of what's going on. Now, in this particular Labrador's case, luckily for him, he did not have the melanin or, you know, any kind of Frank blood in his stool. It was just of high volume. And I wouldn't say that he necessarily had the particularly bad odor which would portend any kind of pancreatic disorder. It was just of high volume and potent odor. And uh he managed to do the walk poop. I know y'all have seen this, where the dog decides, ooh, there's one there. Oop, not done yet. Little ooh, okay. And then they're gonna walk a little bit. Oh, there's another one. So it kind of he spread the wealth shall we say and because it was of such like the event was of such voluminous quality um we kind of stood there stunned for a moment while he was just (laughs) shitting all over the floor uh and then it became code brown which is my way of saying oh my god clean up the shit code brown Don't nobody step in it. Don't nobody let the dog smear in it. Luckily, somebody was holding onto his leash, so we were able to kind of like pull him away, so he didn't dance in it, which is notoriously what a happy Labrador will do after a very, what I'm sure felt very satisfying dump on our floor. So then, while uh, while my other homie is holding this dog over to the side, and everyone's kind of starting to be like, "Oh God, oh God, we have to clean this up," right? Because it's the middle of the day. So my my buddy, who's a little sensitive about such things, he thought, I think, I feel like selflessly dove into the task of cleaning up this dog's gigantic pile, multiple piles of soft stool. And so he puts gloves on. Um, I start to put some gloves on and he starts to kind of scoop these piles off the floor. Now, as he's doing it, I can see like, you know, He's sweating a little bit, like there's like one bead, two beads on the forehead, like, uh, huh. and then he starts to say he 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 then realizes that this is perhaps not the task for him. He kind of starts to try to say, "Oh, this smells really bad," or "Oh, this is gnarly," but what comes out is he's like, "Oh, oh this," huh. and then he does, huh. like you know the, the, like the Jim Carrey in um, what is that liar liar where he's trying to like talk but he can't get it out and it makes him gag with a. Huh. I I can't. Oh my God, this smells. I'm I'm just like, oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Red flag warning. Like, stop what you're doing. Oh my God. If you barf on top of this like homeless man's soft stool festival that's happening on this emergency floor, I will not be okay. This poor guy trying to like scoop up So now he's got like, you know, now he's got like the the poo in his hands, right? Kind of like dripping through his fingers, trying to get it in like the trash. Also trying not to vomit into the pile of shit in his hands. I got it. Oh, it's really good. So they have to ferry him away. Off you go. Off you go. Off you go. Out of the room so he can not die. And then the rest of us helped clean up the piles of shit that were all over the floor inevitably what will happen too is that like once that kind of like once that event occurs in one area of the hospital is that it kind of like starts like a like a miasmal mist to drift over the entire rest of the treatment area and the other departments so you know internal medicine techs start kind of coming into the lab like being all, oh my god what's that smell oh and they look over and they see this like very happy yellow labrador retriever being like hi and they're like oh hi Do- oh my god what the he-. so then you have to take all the trashes out like i mean any that like touched whatever just happened has to be out of the room. And even then, even then that smell can hang like a heavy fog over your life for an indeterminable amount of time. So that was one of my favorite favorite for me probably not for my buddy (laughs) but favorite for me stories of trying to you know clean up the shit on the floor but also not have the human die so it's only fair that if we had a good dog uh poo story that we then follow it up with a good cat poo story now this kitty poo poo story is very much diarrhea I know I said that we, we referenced the uh, stool chart with our friend, the big happy yellow lab, though it was more of a soft serve occurrence. Um, this cat was having diarrhea for quite a while. Like, I feel like we, we saw this poor kitty for diarrhea at least twice. Or I did. I personally saw this cat for diarrhea at least twice in the ER. Um, this time when we saw him... Uh, he was actually having, so he had he had a little bit of a mixed bag on the old stool chart. He was having some constipation and then he would have some diarrhea and then he would have constipation and then have diarrhea after it. Because, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, when your bowel's not regulated quite right, you know, your water is not being absorbed, how it should in your lower intestine or it's, or it's um, absorbing too much. And then we're giving drugs and, and it's just like, you know, we're giving drugs to help the pooing, which then like will make it soft and squishy. And then all of a sudden it's shooting out of you. So there's a bit of a balance that has to happen there. And I feel like this poor kitty just couldn't quite get the the formula right. Um, This cat who would come and see us for his poo-poo problems uh, in this particular circumstance had been constipated. And so what we did, and the constipated cat, that is also another um, blessing of the emergency medicine world, you know, kitties that get... Uh, There's another word that we use, obstipated, which means, I mean, it's kind of beyond constipated. It's like full of feces. Um, You can sometimes, you know, kitties have really soft bellies. You can sometimes feel the stool in their colon and it feels like big, hard, lumpy terribleness, Um, owners will often say that the kitty is straining in the box and then vomiting. Now we have to always be careful with this because it's a lot of times a cat with a urinary obstruction will present with similar symptoms, or at least the owner will describe it. Um, very similarly to that. Like, you know, oh yeah, I've got this like young kitty. He's like a year and a half old and he's been meowing and straining in the litter box. I think he's constipated. Oh, maybe bring him right in, bring him in right away and we'll see. Because uh, a lot of times if they have a urinary obstruction, there's going to be similar things. And the vomiting, that can also be a urinary obstruction. Um, If it's an older cat that has previously diagnosed GI disease, and a lot of times, you know, GI lymphoma will be a thing. um, IBD, irritable bowel disorder, uh, irritable bowel disease, that can also be something that cats get. If we know that they're dealing with those things, and then they, the owner describes those types of symptoms, oh, that might be might be poo-poo problem. Uh, so this kitty... Um, that was what was going on. And it was, it was a, um, it it was vomiting the poor guy because he just backed up. Uh, we took an x-ray and there was a lot, you can see it like inside the kitty. There was a lot of feces in this kitty's colon. So we decided to give him the kitty spa treatment of an enema in the hospital and then let him pass all of that feces. So, I don't know if I've talked about the joys of cat enemas on this podcast before. Allow me. So, what we do is we have um we have a ca- type of catheter that we use. It's called a red rubber catheter. And it's a long red tube of semi-rigid um plastic rubber that we use. It's got uh it's got kind of like a flared end on one end. And then on the other end it's rounded and the hole is not on the end of the tube but it's on the sides of the tube so the idea is that you'd be able to insert this into an orifice comfortably because um, a lot of times if you have a hole directly on the end it makes some sharp edges so it's a rounded tip uh, that you can then insert into an orifice and flush fluid through it. You can aspirate fluid out of it. Um, So we use them both for urinary catheterization and we also use them for butt catheterization (laughs) for for giving enemas. So in this kitty's case, what we did is we grabbed ourselves one of those catheters. um, They come in various lengths. You know, the one for the cat enema that I'm a big fan of is usually about a 10 French, um, say it's like 12 inches long or so. And you make yourself a little cocktail of uh, warm water and water-based lubricant. And you stir that goodness together. And then you usually use about 60 mils, sixty milliliters of that cocktail that you make for yourself. Use some lube on the end of that catheter and uh, insert that catheter into the kitty's anus, into his rectum. And then you connect your syringe to the flared end. It usually is flared because you can fit a catheter tip syringe on the end. And you can blow all of that cocktail up the kitty's ass. Now, there is, of course, some technique to this. And in case it wasn't obvious from the description of the activity, cats don't love this. So you've you got a homie with you who's restraining this poor kitty. Some cats are better than others, like in everything, but it's not comfortable. Um, there are ways that you can make it more comfortable. You can place that red rubber catheter in some warm water to kind of soften it a little bit. That helps. I have uh, a good friend and wonderful technician who's been doing this job for a very, very long time. She has a way of kind of disconnecting the syringe and allowing gas to escape out of the kitty. I'm not even going to like profess that I'm good at this technique I feel like she's got it down cats can be purring through the enemas that she gives which is amazing so I mean if she's on that cat if she's on shift that cat is stoked because she does it really well and it's really gentle and it's great um I did try I have to say I have tried this technique and so I tried to do that with this kitty just to be nice because there's a lot of stool in there And sometimes it takes some effort to get that catheter past that stool. Now, a lot of the time, the cat won't poop in the hospital because they're scared and they're not in their house. And, you know, kitties like to be in their place. Um, So a lot of times we'll give the enema and not keep them in the hospital to stress them out. They'll just go home and then blow all that poop out at home, which must be such a joy for the owners, I'm sure. But hopefully they make it to the litter box and it's fine. In this particular kitty's case, um, we gave the enema. I think we actually gave two enemas. You sometimes give more than one. Um, Primarily the idea being that even if he didn't poop in the hospital, that we would at least soften the stool that was in his colon so that he could poop it out when he went home. Um, So we kept him in the hospital for a while. You know, We had to give the two enemas. Poor kitty. It's been a couple hours. Um, He's not pooping. He's just sitting in one place, scared in the cage. So we decided with the owner... You can take him home. Um, He'll be much more comfortable at home. Let's just let him do that and pass the stool at home. Great. So now, now comes the part where we get the cat back in the carrier and send it home. In most cats' cases, this is not a huge deal. Kitty goes back in the carrier. Kitty goes in the car home, oh, bye bye, and everything's fine. Now, this kitty, he had a special trick that you had to know about when dealing with him. He was very good throughout his enemas. He's very good with handling. I mean, it's a tall order for any cat in the hospital at any time. But him in particular, he had this thing he would do where as soon as he would go in his carrier, he would turn around, whip around, and try to kill you. And it's a weird thing. I've seen it before. There was one other cat that I treated at my first job, ironically enough, for a similar problem. He was also a kitty enema enema, uh, repeat customer. But he would, this cat, you'd put him in his carrier and he'd whip around immediately and start hissing and swatting and just going crazy while you're trying to close the carrier up. So that's what the cat did at my first job. It's what this cat did at the hospital that I'm at now. And he came in this carrier, this guy that we recently treated. He came in this carrier that was this kind of nylon, kind of like clamshell-looking thing. So it wasn't like your standard hard carrier with the gate in the front that you open up. It was like he had you had to basically kind of put it like it opened in half and then kind of down, like as if a like a like if a clam was standing on end, right, and like the half of the shell kind of comes down. So you'd have to like get him in the first clam half. And then really, 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 really quickly, like zip, 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 like have to zip up the other half of the clamshell around him while these like claws and paws are shooting out of the sides, like hissing and swatting. Ah! So if you knew that it was coming, it was a lot easier to do. If you'd never dealt with him before, we always had to warn each other. Oh, have you worked with him before? Oh, is he going home? Oh God, be careful putting him in the carrier. So that was always a thing. So you know, we made this decision with the owner that you can take him home. He'll be less stressed. Let's just hope he passes the stool home. So uh, we put him in. <laughs> So my buddy Calvin puts puts this cat into his carrier. And he's worked with him before, so he knew. So here we go, kitty. One, two, three. Okay, he's in there. But here's the catch. This time, when we put him in his carrier, zip, 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 he was stressed, right? And he was moving around a whole lot. Well, Diarrhea begins to ooze out of the holes in the bottom of that carrier. Like that hole had the, that that carrier had these little holes that were all just like any carrier does, little holes around, around the sides and the bottom of it. It was like a pasta extruder. Like it was just oozing out to the sides and puddling underneath this carrier. And we couldn't do anything except just like watch it happen (laughs) because the cat is still in there like hissing and growling because he hates that because of that whole going in the carrier turned into a rage monkey thing. So now what do we freaking do right now? What do we do? Like there's like diarrhea has basically just filled the carrier to capacity so that it's oozing out the sides. (sighs) Calvin picks up this carrier and it just like drips, drips out the bottom of it, like plop, plop. We're like, oh, God. Well, there's the next hour of our lives. Go ahead and tell mom. Gonna be a minute. Uh, We may have actually just saved her car a little bit of a um, executive wash. (laughs) So poor kitty. We had to get him out all over again. Carrier's covered in shit. Cat's covered in shit. Luckily, getting him out of the carrier, getting him out of the carrier is fine. But me and Calvin had to give this cat like a full on, like you know, cat bath, like shampoo. I mean, he had done a number on himself, um, and then. Well, we ended up doing, I think we actually sent him home in a donated carrier that we have at the hospital because like there was no, there's not a lot of coming back from that, from that clamshell carrier diarrhea situation. I mean, it's like, it was made out of like a nylon material, like a semi-absorbent material. So I think we literally just hosed it outside the hospital, threw it in a garbage bag, off it went, and then uh, put him in like one of the hard-sided carriers uh, that, that he could go home in. And um, it's actually easier if they're in those one because, you know, cats have a tendency to run into dark places to hide. So, you know, I, that's why I like the hard sided ones is because, you know, kitty will just run in there and then they'll usually kind of be far enough away at the back of it that even if they're upset, you can close the door and not worry about your fingers. Um, So that's what we did this time with, for him to go home, you know, the clamshell where it's like the half and half, it's like, as soon as he's in there, he can't get, he can't really back up away from you. So like putting the other half of the clamshell with him raging and flailing and sharp things flying everywhere, hissing and swatting. Like that's treacherous, like for him and you, right? Trying to like clamshell him in there while he's in his rage. Um, so I don't remember that it was that, that it was that much harder to get him in the donated carrier as it was um, to get him in the nylon one to go home. But he did very well. He was so good for his bath. He was so good for all that. It's really just the carrier that bring, brings the rage out in that little kitty. But man, it's just after all that, dude, like after all the enemas and then, I mean, we solved the problem. Go us. Hooray for the veterinary technician. But oh, man, I feel like that image is going to be burned into my brain forever watching the pasta extruder diarrhea oozing out of the holes of a hissing, growling carrier. It's like the ultimate ending. But you know, Fixed it. Fat face. Fat fat fat. fat. fat face. <inaudible> <inaudible> fat fat fat. Fat fat fat. Fat 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 face. <inaudible> <inaudible> Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. You've survived another episode of Cat Disgusted. I did want to let you all know that you can now find this podcast on iTunes and also this other great website that I just recently found called Podbean. Um, So we're expanding like Prince's Waistline, expanding into the world. Uh, So feel free to find Cat Disgusted on either of those places in addition to SoundCloud, where I'll always be. Uh, Until next time, you guys, be safe out there and don't come see me at work is the human And as we told you before, he is the Grand Master, the man with the beast to cause us disaster. The man who's on the top guarantees a rock from a positive source is the human